Hello, and welcome to another episode of Morgan's Pop Talks, bringing down the latest in reality TV and pop culture. You guys, I just popped on the live stream, and if you're watching on YouTube, you can see I'm wearing my Kevin shirt. My producer, Grace, was like, are you wearing a shirt that says Kevin? I was like, yes, I am, because I'm unwell about the Joe Bros love life. We're going to get all into it, I promise you. But I just want to set the scene, because I'm wearing my Kevin shirt. It is a massive thunderstorm outside. I mean, it's like low-key hailing. I don't know if I should be afraid. The wind is swirling, black sky. And I feel like that accurately sets up the mood for today's episode of MPT because we have so many splits. And it's like the only public display of affection that we have is with Kylie Jenner and Timothy Chalamet, which like, woohoo, you know? Yay. Can't wait to talk about that. Let me give you an update. Today, David had his medical exam and um, I think everything went fine. I mean, he didn't tell me that anything went bad. So I think they don't give him um, his results right away. I think they have to like take the blood work and he had to pee in a cup and you know, all the things that you have to do with these medical exams. Um, but we're pretty confident that it's all going to be good. Um, he got his well, we're waiting on one specific piece of paper. It's like a police clearance in the UK. And basically to let them know that he's never been arrested for anything. Um, and so we're waiting on that one piece of paper. And that's the only thing we need to like really go into his interview at the US Embassy in London on September 21st. We've been a little worried about whether or not he's going to get it in time because if he doesn't have it, he can't. He like We'll have to reschedule. Um, but he got a little confirmation today that they got it and that they're going to be sending something back to him. So all is well, you guys, all is well. I was at a um, wedding reception. Two of my friends recently got married um, in Hawaii a couple weeks ago, and they had like a reception here at home and my whole family was there. And uh like the whole time we were at this wedding reception, we were planning my wedding because uh, you guys know David should be here by October 90 days to get married. So while, yes, we'll still have our big wedding in June of next year, we got to do something fun. So uh, we're talking about maybe going to a beach somewhere and we like worked out everybody's work schedule and, and everything. And you want to know something that, oh, my gosh. It made me cry. It's like the only date that we have available that's super early because we want to do it as quick as possible is on my parents' 39th wedding anniversary. You guys, I will die. <laughs> I can't. Even when I like mentioned it to my mom, um, I was like, what if we got married on your guys' anniversary? It's on a weekend. It would be great. She started crying immediately. Her and my dad had completely different reactions. My dad was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> he was like, why would you want to do that? And I was like, it's sentimental, dad. What do you mean? My dad um, is a pastor. I don't know if anybody knows that actually, but um, he's going to be marrying us on the beach. So I just think that would be so cute to get married on my parents' wedding anniversary, have my dad marry us on the beach. Oh, Anyways, keep your fingers crossed that it all goes to plan. Now let's talk about divorce because that's exactly what we want to do. I mean, what is happening here? The Jofie divorce has truly shook us all to the core. Joe Jonas, Sophie Turner. 
This one from zero to 100. This is our first headline in the pop three. This was a close contender for the deep dive this week. And this is just going to be another deep dive. I'm just going to tell you straight up. So have fun. Okay. Joe Jonas is the one that filed for divorce from Sophie Turner. Irretrievably broken is what he said. Sounds rough. Doesn't sound like a good time. And I don't have a lot of experience with divorce, but um, irretrievably broken. I don't know if that's the same thing as like irreconcilable differences or whatever, but it just sounds traumatic. Not what you want, but they've been together for four years. They've been married for four years. They have two daughters in this story exploded so quickly. It got kind of shifted into the Labor Day weekend news dump, you know, all the celebrities that put out all these bad headlines because they don't want people to notice over Labor Day weekend. Um, the news came out that Joe had people in his team meeting with a couple of different divorce attorneys. Everyone was like, what? No, not Joe and, and Sansa Stark. Queen of the North? Never. I mean, these two to me were just such a match made in heaven. And then you get to the Jonas Brothers shows over the weekend and Joe is wearing his wedding ring. He's singing, I won't hesitate for you. You know, the love letter penned to Sophie Turner. He's posting pictures of himself with his wedding ring on. So we're like, oh, somebody doesn't know what they're talking about here. They're clearly never getting divorced. And then Tuesday rolls around and they're getting, they're straight up getting divorced. Joe filed in Miami, irretrievably broken. And I mean, it's hard to, we don't know what is going on behind closed doors, but everything is coming out from Joe's side. I don't know if it's Joe's camp. I don't know if it's Joe's team. I don't know if it's people in Joe's inner circle, but we're hearing a lot of narratives coming from Joe Jonas's side and none coming from Sophie Turner's side. And um, the picture that's being painted here is Joe's a homebody. Sophie likes to go out. Sophie likes to party. And it's just not sitting right with me and a lot of other people. So a source told page six that divorce was the last resort for Joe. He never wanted to break up his family, but he had to take what he felt was the best course of action for his girls. An unhappy home isn't a home. And the truth is that he and Sophie were going through it this year. There's a lot of noise out there, but it wasn't a straw that broke the camel's back situation like it's being reported. Uh, they had many disagreements. It just kept building. And Joe finally reached a point where he felt that he had exhausted all options to salvage their marriage. Um, I mean, do you need a disclaimer? I'm wearing a Kevin t-shirt and that's all it says. I'm a Joe bros girl for life. I'm a Joe girl. Well, I mean, I'm a Kevin girl, honestly, but I'm also a Joe girl, but I don't like this. I mean, first of all, it's all his team. Like I said, people speaking on his behalf. I would love to hear from her or her team or something, but paint they're they're painting her out to be this party girl, absent mother. You go on all the websites and the only pictures that they're posting of Sophie Turner is of her with a drink in her hand. And it just grosses me out. That that not 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 that that the media 
are only picking these types of pictures to have of her and Joe together. Like, where's the picture of, of Joe chugging a beer? Like, it, you know what I mean? It just is very obvious to me what they're trying to do. And I don't like it. And I just want to make it abundantly clear. I don't think that this is Joe Jonas doing this. Um, but somebody out there is really pushing that narrative. And I just feel like there's probably more to the story. Why Why would somebody want to throw the mother of Joe's children underneath the bus like that? just feels gross. And I mean, you really can't put claims out there into the universe without the internet fact fact-checking you real quick. I mean, there's been tons of videos on TikTok of Sophie being like, I'm the homebody. And this goes back years, interviews from years ago. I'm the homebody. Joe likes to go out. There was a couple's video of the two of them. And they were like, who's the homebody? And they both pointed to Sophie. And it's like, but, but so what? As long as you're a good wife, a good mother, a good husband, a good father, so what if you like to go out? Is that, I, I guess I'm just, I'm, I'm missing a key factor here. It's like, if you go out so much that you then neglect your home, that's a problem. But they're not really, they're not saying that straight out. I mean, she Jo Sophie was 23 when they got married and he was 29. And now a lot of other narratives are that, you know, she was on Game of Thrones for her entire teenage years into early adulthood. She got married at 23. She had two babies. Now she's 27 and she feels like she missed out on the party stage of life, which I understand. I mean, sometimes that happens, but... I don't know. I'm just not feeling right about it. There's just something in my gut that doesn't feel right about it. There's nothing like the feeling of being confident in your own skin. It's something that I have struggled with in the past, which is why I'm excited to tell you about today's sponsor, OneSkin. Their products make it easy to keep your skin healthy while looking and feeling your best with no complicated routines, no multiple step protocols, just simple, scientifically validated solutions. Right now, I'm using the OS1 Eye Topical Supplement to help strengthen and firm the skin around my eyes. So far, I've noticed it has improved hydration and improved firmness. OneSkin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, One Skin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code POPTOX at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code POPTOX. After your purchase, they're going to ask you where you heard about them. Please support the show and tell them I sent you because I love you like a sis. Those team is people, whoever in his inner circle out there planting seeds left and right. And we've only heard from Sophie one time. And it was on her Instagram story, a joint statement that they made on Canva. Let me pull it up real quick. It's the classic white background, black text statement from the two of us. After four wonderful years of marriage, we have mutually decided to amicably end our marriage. There are many speculative narratives as to why, but truly this is a united decision. And we sincerely hope that everyone can respect our wishes for privacy for us and our 
children. And it wasn't even like a joint post, you know, posted by both Joe and Sophie. It was like he posted it on hers. She posted it on his and like he tagged her in it, which to me is just the most awkward thing ever. Imagine like getting on Instagram, seeing you have a tag post from your soon to be ex-husband thinking like, oh, I wonder what it is. And it's your divorce statement. You just, oh, I hate it. I hate it for them. Last but certainly not least, the newest tidbit of information to TMZ is that Joe allegedly caught Sophie in a compromising situation on a ring camera. There's really no details on what that was, whether she was doing something, saying something, talking to someone. But like I said, there's probably 10 different headlines right now that are coming from what it seems like Joe's side. And it's like crickets on Sophie's. And I think it's just trying to paint a picture really early on because this happened so quick. I mean, this whole thing has exploded within the span of like four or five days. And I don't like the picture that they're trying to paint. And we'll leave it there. Let's move on to Kylie Jenner and Timothy Chalamet sucking face at a Beyonce concert, hot and heavy. Hot and heavy, TMZ obtained this video of the two like rubbing on each other, kissing each other, playing with each other's hair at Beyonce's concert at SoFi Stadium in LA on Monday. They were just hanging in the VIP section with Kendall and Kim and Adele and Zendaya, the Beavers, you know, just a casual Monday night. Um, Everyone was asking me, what do you think about this? What do you think about this? Kylie and Timothy, can you believe they're out there making out for the world to see? And I feel like my lack of enthusiasm is going to be disappointing to people because uh, truly I could care less. Truly, honestly, truly could care less. I personally just never really vibed with uh, the Jenner girls. I... I don't know why I don't vibe with them. I think maybe because I feel like they they kind of use the show as a means to like keep their name and face in lights and build these other business ventures, but they don't care about the show at all. And I feel like you can really tell that they actually hate it. And I don't know. Maybe it's because that's all I see of them on the show is like Kendall doesn't really want to be there. And Kylie is just there because she knows people want to see her and it just doesn't come off. Like, I don't know anything about Kylie Jenner or Kendall Jenner, like personality wise. Um, I do think that it's kind of funny that Kylie and Timothy went from being like super secretive and super private and, you know, never being seen together out in public to like this full blown makeout sesh tongues down each other's throat in the middle of a Beyonce concert, a concert for Beyonce's birthday that, you know, the whole entire world is going to be watching and seeing, and there's going to be pictures and videos. So that kind of strikes me as a little weird, but who knows, maybe a scandal is coming and they need to divert the attention. Um, but, you know, I guess Beyonce gets people in the mood. I'm, hap I'm happy for them. They look very happy and in love. They look very cute. I do feel like they could probably be on that Instagram account like siblings are dating, but still very cute nonetheless and looking like they are in love. Last but certainly not least in this week's pop Three Bachelor Nation fan favorites, Michael A. and Danielle, are fueling split rumors. Um, over the weekend, they completely wiped their Instagrams clean. 
of each other. And this is just my personal opinion, but like what more evidence do you need that they're no longer together? That like is it for me. They used to have these pinned posts at the top and, you know, all of these wonderful lovey-dovey things and both of them gone. And don't don't you think that it got past me that they did it on Labor Day weekend because they knew people would not be paying attention. I honestly thought that they would do that. And, and no, they still haven't come out and said that they are broken up. But like Michael's in New York hanging out with Pilot Peter, which is a choice for fantasy football. You know, Danielle is still living here in Ohio. She's working. I don't know if she's going to stay in Ohio. Um, I don't know a whole lot of information, but like just based on the way it doesn't look great, right? I mean, I really think it doesn't look great. If one of them broke up with the other, let's just like play out every scenario. If Michael broke up with Danielle, that looks really bad because she moved here for him and then things didn't work out, which is like, how can you predict the future? But still just doesn't look great. If Danielle broke up with Michael, I feel like that would just be such a huge shock. Like she just seemed head over heels in love. If it was a mutual decision, let's hope for that, um, that they both just realized they weren't compatible. I really hope, you know, for happiness and love for both of them, whatever that looks like. I, I really just feel for Danielle moving to a new city. Making friends as an adult sucks. Have you ever tried it? Like, I want to say that I've tried it, but I really haven't because the two times that I did, it went really bad. <laughs> so, like, I just feel for her. Um, I hope they're both okay. And like I said, no public statement. But, like, you're not going to be with somebody. You're not going to be dating somebody in a serious relationship and, like, archive all your posts together at the same time. Like, you know, that had to have been a conversation between the two of them. Like, okay, when are we going to, you know... Or imagine it wasn't a conversation between the two of them and it was like Danielle did it first and Michael went on her page to like creep because, you know, we all creep on our exes and he's like, oh, she deleted all of the pictures. Maybe I should. Oh, I'm spiraling. Okay. Anyways, I'll have more information for you on the Patreon on Friday about Michael and Danielle. Let's get into the deep dive every single week on my Instagram at Morgan's. Nope, that's my podcast name, Morgan P. Talks. I open up the deep dive submissions. What do you want to know more about this week? It comes from Kirsten. Hey, Morgan. It's Kirsten from Calgary, Alberta, Canada. What happened with Carl and Lindsay? Were you shocked? What's happening now? Love you like a sis. Kirsten, love you like a sis from Canada. We're international, baby. I mean... You had to have known that we were going to talk about Lindsay and Carl today, even though there's been absolutely no updates, which I actually think says a lot. And it's like, it's so crazy that there's actually been no headline updates, but I still have like three pages of notes of things that I have uh, perceived over the past couple of days. But it's been about a week since we heard that Carl Radke called off his engagement from Lindsay Hubbard. I've read every blind item I have done every single deep dive into the blind item, gone down every rabbit hole. And I actually feel like I found out a couple of really interesting details. Um, so after that happened, it's been 
reported, rumored, speculated, whatever word that you would like to use today, that Carl did it on camera. Um, very soon after, Carl was spotted getting out of town. He was at LaGuardia. LaGuardia? LaGuardia? LaGuardia. That's it. Sorry. I'm a JFK girly. LaGuardia Airport. He was in Minnesota. People instantly thought, oh, he's staying with Luke. Luke, don't you dare turn your back on a hub house. But actually, Luke was in the Hamptons this past weekend um, spending time with his girlfriend, Tasha Adams, for her birthday. You know, I did one of those um, videos, like things that I can't believe in Bravo land. Like, I can't believe that I'm like semi attracted to bleach hair, Tom Schwartz. That's a conversation for another day, but I was like making a running list and I forgot to put this one in there, but I also can't believe that our first bachelor Bravo crossover, um, dating wise is Tasha Adams and Luke Goldbranson, like both beautiful people, both smoke shows, but like, I just don't see Tasha Adams tapping maple trees in Minnesota with our favorite lumberjack. You know what I mean? I don't see Luke Gobranson going to these influencer events, taking videos of Tasha. She gallivants the streets of New York City. I don't know. I don't know. But I'm here for it. Okay. Today's sponsor is Factor Meals. Finally starting to get warmer. You want to spend your time outside and not in the kitchen. With Factor's no prep, no mess meals. Visit factormeals.com slash poptalks50 and use code poptalks50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Factor's fresh, never frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you will always have time to enjoy nutritious, great tasting meals. You can treat yourself to restaurant quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon. Head to factormeals.com slash poptalks50 and use code poptalks50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code poptalks50 at factormeals.com slash poptalks50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Let's talk about the two narratives that have been put out there, mostly on Bravo and Ca Bravo and Cocktails, on Dumois. These are all blind items, so obviously nothing is confirmed. This is all alleged. But one of the narratives said that Lindsay has made him look bad all summer, and she was emotionless when things ended. Another says... Shout out to whichever one of Carl's friends is going around saying that Lindsay was emotionless. It's untrue. Yes, they fought all summer. Yes, things were bad. People were encouraging them to postpone, but she's devastated and shocked. Another Dumois blind item came in that said she hasn't left her apartment, that she hasn't been eating, that friends are trying to get her to go out of the country to a friend's wedding to get her mind off things, which is like the last thing that I would want to do after my fiance potentially dumped me on national television. Oh yeah. Let's hop on a plane and go celebrate somebody else's love. No, no, I would be probably in the witness protection program for at least six months. Like I just wouldn't even want to look at myself in the face because honestly though, I would probably be sobbing for like a week straight and watching myself cry in the mirror. Do you ever do that? Am I the only psychopath in the room that watches themselves cry sometimes? I feel like it, it like releases some type of, I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Anyways, um, before I get into both theories, 
I will tell you that I believe that this is real and that Lindsay was blindsided, but let's look first at the narrative that she was emotionless. Would it surprise me? No, it wouldn't. Especially as of late, let's just think back to last season, all of her um, turmoil with Danielle. There, I think I think Lindsay walked into that season making a very conscious decision that she was not going to get activated on camera because she had done it however many six years every summer and it just never ends well for her. It doesn't make her look good. It makes her look mean most times, you know, so I feel like maybe that could be her mindset. Also, I feel like anytime Lindsay's gone through a breakup on the show, she's always been pretty. Um, I mean, I don't want to say emotionless, but like cut and dry. I mean, when she broke up with Stravi, it was on the phone on the beach. She like didn't, she didn't even like flinch pretty much. Um, I don't know if that is, uh, like a, a defense mechanism, a trauma response, maybe, I don't know. Um, but if she was emotionless on camera for those two reasons, that wouldn't surprise me. Um, however, I do think that she is upset and I'll tell you why. Do I think the Lindsay and Carl breakup is fake or that this whole thing was concocted to save summer house ratings? No, I mean, they live together in a $13,000 apartment. I mean, Lindsay has been on this show before. We open up the Zoom and then you see Carl in the background. He's like, hey, what's up? You think they're really coordinating these planned appearances you know, in this apartment, if they're really not together, like, no, it's not that serious. They lived together. They were in a relationship. And I think this breakup is serious because let's not forget, Lindsay Hubbard is a PR girly. If this was all concocted for summer house ratings, Lindsay would be gallivanting the streets of New York City. It would not be radio silence. She would be speaking to every press outlet as a source. There would be all these different kinds of headlines. She has a relationship with the press. So that ball is very much so in her court. We would be getting the Scandal TMZ run-ins outside while she waits to get her nails done on a sidewalk in front of the nail salon. Like... We would be getting the content if this was for ratings. There's none of that. There's not a peep. Not a peep from Lindsay Outspoken Hubbard, which I think says it all. Honestly, the silence is loud. I think she is truly shocked and devastated. And my heart does hurt for her. So who from Summer House has potentially been there for her? Um, another blind item came in and said that friends have been rallying around her, including Kyle and Amanda. There is a rumor that Carl told Kyle on camera first. Um, I don't know if that's true or not, but based on my research, things that I've been picking up, I think Amanda has been there for Lindsay, I can't really go into too much more detail on that. Um, but they have been together since the scandal broke. Um, there's another rumor that Carl has been seeing someone since June. Blind item. He would have to be the stupidest man alive to cheat on his fiance that he's getting married to in two and a half months on a television show after Scandal. You would you would literally have to be empty in the brain cell department 
because I, I, I refuse to believe that he would do something so stupid after Scandaval and seeing the outrage and the backlash and the fact that, I mean, Raquel and Tom have just shot their reputation, you know, like I, to hell pretty much. But there's also some theories out there about his sobriety and the extent of his sobriety. I don't want to speculate on that whatsoever. It feels icky to me, but it is out there. Um, but, you know, I said it before. I'll say it again. I just hate the narrative that Lindsay's drinking is what caused this. First of all, you don't know that for a fact. So the fact that I see it all up in my comment section just makes me so annoyed. Um, there is just such a stigma around, you know, being sober, being in a relationship with somebody who is sober, that like that sober person cannot handle being around alcohol at all. Some cannot. Some cannot, and that is totally fine. And whatever they need to do to live a happy and healthy lifestyle, like we support you 100%. Carl Radke is on Summer House. Okay. So if he can't handle being around alcohol at all, we're not going to blame only Lindsay Hubbard when he's on a show that is about summertime parties in the Hamptons. Okay. Like both things cannot be true at the same time. I think the line in this particular theory comes in how they fight when Lindsay has been drinking. We saw a snippet of it last season and it wasn't good. And if that's how their fights are going every time Lindsay is drinking, and that is in fact what caused them to get to this bad place, then then I understand that. And that's understandable. And if I was Carl in that situation and these are how our fights kept going, I mean, I I can understand that. Um when we saw her fight with Carl this past season, I mean, clearly it was her worst episode of the season. She was activated. She you know, came at him, but we don't know that that's how every single one of their arguments go down. And I, I don't want to automatically assume that it is because I think it's lame last, but certainly not least. I am not physically prepared for Carl Radke villain era. I'm not, I'm not doing well with it. You guys, I've been spiraling for a week. I don't think I have rode harder for a Bravo celebrity the way that I have Carl Radke because seeing him from season one, getting the watermelon smashed at his feet, playing the girls to now, I'm just like, I mean, I thought he was a literal baby angel sent from heaven above, like a stork delivered him to us, reborn, renewed as this little perfect little creature that would never make a mistake, which I know is wrong. I shouldn't put that kind of pressure on him, but I just, I felt he was in such a better place in life. I felt like he had his head on his shoulders. He was, he was in it to win it. He was like doing good things in his sobriety and, and getting engaged and following his heart when it came to his career. And if he's going to blow it up, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. So pray for me. Send your T's and P's because I need them. Last but certainly not least, final thoughts. Let's talk about the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City premiere. I thought it was good, but most premieres are. I'm not entirely sold. I'm really having this um, 
<sighs> pessimism when it comes to the housewives lately. I'm loving Orange County. It's giving, it's serving. All the players are hitting their marks. But the Real Housewives of New York, the last episode was good. The last like 15 minutes of the last episode was good, but they had a great premiere, in my opinion. I thought it was fun. It was lighthearted. And then the season is kind of like been dull to me, died down a little bit. I mean, the New York ladies, they just seem kind of mean. I'm not really into it all that much. So I think I'm a little jaded coming into the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, especially because we had a rough season last season. But we'll just talk about this episode because I did think it was a good episode. We start out with Lisa at Sundance, of course. Um, People want to say that Lisa Barlow isn't the star of Salt Lake City. She got the first scene and it was like six minutes long. So in TV, in TV land, that's forever. So the fact that she got that much screen time right off the jump, I think is telling and it's telling where the storylines are going to go because she talked a lot about her son, Jack, about how he has decided not to go to college. He's going on a mission for two years. Um, she explained that what that mission is, is teaching people about Jesus. You know why I do like the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City is because it's the only Housewives franchise that religion has a larger presence. It's like some of the drama, not all of it, but some of it does revolve around um, religion and like no other franchise has that. I'm not really too over overly familiar with the Mormon faith, but we've seen in the trailers um, for the upcoming season that Heather is like, why didn't you tell us about Jack's mission? And there seems to be some drama about that. So I think the fact that they spent like six whole minutes at the top of the premiere setting the storyline up that there's going to be a lot more to that particular storyline. Speaking of Heather, she got a new house that black guy is making money. She got a second beauty lab location, bad Mormon popping off. I also, for however annoying Heather was last season with the black guy. I just can't help but to love her. I do. I love her. Sue me. Sue me. Sorry. Meredith is back. I said um, that I can't wait to be scared of Meredith Marks for the next three months because, I mean, that's like the only emotion that she invokes out of me is fear. Like, she's scary. She's so mad about a bathtub. She's so mad that Whitney was in the press you know, saying, I can't believe that Seth and Meredith get in the bathtub together. The creepy bathtub filled with DNA. All of us were thinking, Whitney, you're going to sit here and talk about a cringy moment between Seth and Meredith when your husband got fired because of your cringy sexcapades with the mud and the paint that we all had to witness and endure. Like, girl, you should have sat this one out. You should have sat this one out. Zip it. Mm. But it seems like Whitney is the focal point of a lot of drama as well. We know bad weather is on the outs. Lisa and Whitney always have some sort of issue. Meredith has all these issues with Whitney. Mary Cosby's back. Oh, my gosh. Mary Cosby is back. <laughs> and I feel like she's back like she never left. Like she came in. I love how underneath they put Meredith's friend. Like, stop. It's not Meredith's friend. We know this. And she's like, I'm back. I'm in dinosaur mode. I I don't know what Mary Cosby is talking about 95% of the time. I know that she's a very polarizing character. Um, people really do not like her. Um, I don't know if I like her or if I don't like her. She says some outlandish things sometimes, but it does make for great reality TV, which you know I'm a fan of. Um, Angie is back. Angie was a friend of last season. She was a friend of Jen Shaw. She's been promoted, which 
props to you, Angie. It doesn't happen off often. And newbie Monica stole the show. Monica, Jen Shaw's former assistant, friend, confidant. We found out that Monica called the Secret Service on Jen Shaw. Monica was a witness in Jen Shaw's trial. Whatever producer asked for the witness list of Jen Shaw's trial to look and see which one of these witnesses could be a Real Housewives of of Salt Lake City, give them a raise immediately. Promote them to head of department. Because that insight, that forethought, oh my God, unbelievable. Monica is not afraid to put it all out there. I don't know how I feel about it yet. I don't know if I like that or if I think she's trying too hard. Time will tell. But, you know, she said she was in an entanglement. She got divorced. She got married again. Then she got divorced again. Monica's going to be the pot stirrer. There's like even Jaws music behind this lunch scene. They're all sitting there eating Caesar salads and and sushi nachos. And it's like, and Monica's like, I know all these secrets about them because Jen told me. Jen told me. But then later in the episode, she says, you know, Jen never said any nice things about anybody and everything she ever said was a lie. So she's going to let the relationships play out for themselves. She's going to give the girls a chance. She's going to do what she needs to do to, you know, figure the season out. I have high hopes. I saw, I saw Whitney say something in a, in an interview where they were like, what's the season like? And she's like, we're, we're back like to the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. We're 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 back to the OG days. I'm like, girl, your show has been on for four seasons. Like, give me a break, please. <laughs> so we'll see. It can only go up from last year, in my honest opinion. All right. All right. Announcement. I'm going to London to see Dave on Friday. I'm not going to be back until next Monday. So we're going to take a week off from MPT. I know. What are you guys going to do? What are you guys going to do? You're going to subscribe to Patreon and catch up on all the tea that you missed. Bachelor Brain Dump still coming out on Friday. Next week, there will be no Patreons because I'm going to be in Greece. And that's the last thing that I'm going to want to do when I'm in Mykonos is talk more about... um, Whitney Wild Rose. So going to take a little break. I haven't taken a break in a while. I hope you guys aren't mad at me. Follow along on Instagram, on TikTok. I'll be documenting the entire thing. If not, I'll see you in two weeks time. Love you like a sis. A Huda Media Production.